Hello, everyone. My name is Hank Suttle. And I'm Casey McBride. And we're here with a very special guest, Jill Madsen, and another episode of Stir Crazy Shamans. I'm so excited, but let me first tell you that the way I met Jill, I was just at a trade show and I, I was really pressed for time because I had to be somewhere for a class and I was just doing a real quick walkthrough of a Gift of Light Expo and Jill and I connected for what, maybe 30 seconds, maybe, and we're just like, oh yeah, we're going to work together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then we, we connected afterwards and we uh, hosted different workshops and have done all kinds of wonderful co-creations together. And this is Jill Matson. Uh, she's been featured on the cover of Ohm Times Magazine and is an internationally um, credited and award-winning music artist. So why don't you, I know I have to give you like the elevator speech version, but Jill, why don't you tell us a little bit about you? I've been a musician since I've been knee-high to a grasshopper. And about midlife, I went on a spiritual um, crisis. It started, I was writing um, the Old Testament as an autobiography of God. And at that time, I was very much into standard um, Christianity. And as, as an author of writing this autobiography, of course, I'm identifying that like I'm God. And it's it, the, the picture of the Bible is very much different from a different point of view or a different vantage point. And as I went through that book, I was constantly covering for God. He was in bad mood. He was vengeful. <laughs> um, lots of stuff that that really upset me because my idea was that God is love. And after reading Job, the book of Job, it, it dawned on me that that was an allegory and that in the beginning, Job was afraid of God and his God was mean and vengeful. And all this rotten stuff, really rotten stuff, happens to Job. And then towards the end, he has this big argument with God. And he gets it all out, and his relationship shifts. And he has a God that he loves. And then his life is blessed. And so I guess it was, I couldn't accept an Old Testament with a nasty God. And so I changed my viewpoint on how I see the world. And I only was going to accept the highest view of love and the highest view of a loving God. And I had just spent a year on this book and I was um, a little humiliated to think that I just spent a year to change my mind, to get rid of all my dogma. You know, I could have just changed my mind, but I didn't, I had to do this big ordeal. So to keep my work, I decided I just want to check out that Babylonian Bible. And I started getting into antiquity. And I started, like I said, chasing the Hebrew stuff, which shortly led me into the Kabbalah and the, the Zoroastrian Sumerian stuff. And I was just like opened up with these beautiful ways of becoming more light and loving and ideas from this place and that place of bringing in more light, being more, having, I guess, more power to, um, to heal, to bestow upon others, to cleanse yourself, da-da-da. And um, shortly after the uh, Sumerian Zoroastrian stint, I go into Egypt and then to China and then to India and the American Indians. And I'm 
I'm amazing geek. And so I, I spent 20, 30 years reading the antiquity. It took me forever to do it. Um, and I leave my body easy. So a lot of times when I'm reading about, let's say, some, so um, summer, you know, I just leave my body and there I am in summer. Mm-hmm. And it dawned on me that the world was much different. We don't think like we do. So when we read antiquity with today's consciousness, we don't get it. And you really need um, physics, math, music, psychic abilities. And I think that um, a desire to be open and to love to understand what they're talking about. And since I'm a musician, I always got like uh, the uh, hair stands on end. I got so excited when I'd read about music. In Samaria, they're using music for world peace and it works. In um, China, they're using music to tune their pancreas. This is at least 3,000 to 5,000 years ago with the yellow emperor. He's not well dated. Um, In Egypt, they're healing bones faster. They're developing people in their occupations with music. So like if you're a warrior, you listen to, um, you know, music we hear on a big battle scene in a movie. When if you're going to be a mother, you're listening to um, lullabies. And the music um, is given to you in large doses so that you... Um, develop those qualities. So I guess in summary, I observed with science, because I'm very good at science, particularly physics, how um, sound is used as an energy source, how you ingest it, how you can measure it, and what to look for and what to listen for, because we're all different. We're all different frequency makers. So what I need is different than what you need. And you can use sound for psychic skills, for personality changes, to make huge and fast changes in your relationships. Um, I, I was just astounded, and it's been my lifelong career to kind of take the modern science and dovetail it with these incredibly creative ideas. And think this way, just in one country alone, Egypt, 3,000 years as a world power, you know, U.S. has been a world power for 200 years. We kind of feel like we're hot stuff. Well, (laughs) could you imagine 3,000 years? And what did they do with all their money and all their resources? They're on the top of the food chain in the world for a long time. They put it into their temples, their priests. And what were they doing? They're doing what you guys are doing. They're using subtle energy. They're learning to work with the earth. They're learning to um, develop energies to heal the body, et cetera, et cetera. And with all these temples filled with all the cream of the crop for 3,000 years, they come up with some really cool stuff. <laughs> and I'm bringing that forward. So that's yeah. that's what I do. Well, I'm so happy and so grateful that uh, we have people like you who are bringing this uh 
ancient as well as like the new knowledge together and presenting it in a way that uh, modern people, especially in the West, can um, uh, easily uh, sort of digest or become introduced to it. So I thank you so much for all the work you're doing. And my favorite thing with all the music that you do, I can't tell you how many clients they tell me they have somebody at home who has addiction or that something's going on with them. They're not open to coming to see me or anything like that. I'm like, well, I have a friend named Jill. And she has a CD called Paint Your Soul or Deep Body Healing. And Jill's taken like these frequencies and put them to music so people don't even know that they're getting it. It's like drive by healing. But really, it's it's made it accessible to people who wouldn't be open to it otherwise. Put it on in the background with Fibonacci tones, which kind of give you this lifeline to source, is how I view it, that can help people pull out of addiction or um, receive a body healing where they might not be open to it otherwise. So, really, really amazing stuff. And that's what prompted our conversation today with the COVID-19 coming out, I, I got the email from you a couple of weeks ago that you and Sherry Edwards were working on something and there's a, a lot of new resources that you've come up with. Sure. I want you to think that the periodic chart of elements, now that's just everything. Everything that we could possibly think of in this world is in the periodic chart of element, gas, you know, solid, liquid. And that is a musical scale. It's many things, but each element has its own identifying frequency, and it always is that frequency. Um, and there is plenty ways of science that you can go in and see what are the frequencies, let's say, within your body or of a flower petal. Um, you can use the sound oscilloscope. I've done that. I have friends that have measured um, on living people and cadavers, everything in the body. Um, you can get into the body almost anyway, and that's because you're holographic, which means that um, you can look at the sweat in your fingertips and read every frequency in your body. Sherry does it, and I have a book on Sherry's work, which is fabulous, called Secret Sounds, Ultimate Healing. And she has um, healing hearing similar to that of a dolphin. It's abnormal. So she can hear many octaves and volumes that you and I can't hear. And one of the things she can hear is called otoacoustic emissions. It's like little sounds come out. Think of your little ear hairs as kind of like a radio station. So your little ear hairs wiggle and they're all different lengths. And in fact, they're every length combined. And so they will like send out signals like a tower um, of a frequency that your body needs for healing, or it would be something that a doctor might prescribe, for example, or something akin to that. And um, science has now verified this, that A, Sherry can hear that, and B, they use devices to measure these frequencies for comatose people and babies that can't talk. And so they, they don't need to diagnose the body. They can just read the body's signals for healing. And since Sherry had that healing, hearing, um, she realized that like if somebody has diabetes, for example, they have broadcasts. It's a diabetes broadcast. It's your body's way of trying to heal itself. And so anytime she would walk past someone with that tonal pattern, she knew they had diabetes, whether they were diagnosed or not. Um, and she was always right. Then she learned, um, she started with herself with headaches. 
So she would have a horrible headache and one tone would heal it. One tone would make it worse. And anyway, to make a long story short, she got into the body's frequencies through your voice, which is holographic. And there's a man from the 50s, um, Joseph Fourier, who developed this device that takes sound and break it down into component pitches. And that's another kind of aha moment. Um, people think a sound is one, one way. But sounds are like white light. They're composed of component rainbow colors. And your voice, if you just simply break it down, it's just science, goes into every single frequency. It's like the periodic chart of elements. And you can measure it. So you can say, oh, I have too much calcium. I don't have enough vitamin D. Wow. And with that, she spent her whole life doing research. So she researches 10,000 people with Parkinson's and find out exactly what are the body signals to correct this. She'll do it with every disease imaginable. She's done things that science hasn't begun to do. And I, and I would suggest that um, it's a really good source if you have a disease that science doesn't have an answer for. Because in a way, she doesn't have to have the science research. She can just like follow the numbers. She can look at, like if you're healthy, you have a little bit of all the frequencies, you're very balanced, you're white light. And most of us are not white light. But anyway, um, so she can go in and just follow the numbers. Oh, this one's out of tune. That one's out of tune. This one's out of tune. And you ingest sound. You listen to it for a while. You can watch the sounds in your body change. You can listen to the frequency of niacin, a supplement that makes your face flush. And your face flushes. You don't take a pill. You listen. So there's another kind of like epiphany. You are what you listen to. It changes you, period. And we just aren't conscious. So what Sherry and I did was I have um, healing music and I do generic healing, meaning that um, everybody is blessed by it. So I'll do something like put white light in your aura or tune all your body organs that have a frequency when healthy that's um, across the board. I'll tune all your muscles. Everybody's muscles frequencies are the same. Um, I channel so I can bring in all kinds of spirits or higher energies. Um, you can do things like add ATP, which is white light. You can, um, you can just do all kinds of things. And then when you get into music, because I've had this long quest going through nature, um, through antiquity, you can modulate your intervals for very, very precise reasons. And the rhythm patterns, one rhythm pattern heals, another doesn't. And certain rhythms will go with certain pitches. And harmonics, perhaps the biggest blessing of all. And the harmonics is like an after ripple of sound. So you go bong, and then you can hear it like afterwards kind of going up in pitch. According to math, that's a formula. And it, think of it almost like a, a sonic scaffolding for energy. It creates the container for healthy organs, for um, all kinds of healthy things. And you don't get that in digital, but you can, I have software and I create harmonics and root notes 
So you get the harmonic chain. Anyway, to make a long story, this is kind of my background. And then you have Sherry's background. So um, really quick, sorry, before I forget, I wanted to ask, really fascinated you brought up ATP as white light. ATP meaning like our body's energy source physiologically, correct? And um, and you said it it's it's white light. Maybe you can expand on that just a little bit really quick. ATP um, is um, present when you're born. It's kind of like, um, this wouldn't be proved, this would be antiquity, kind of like a spark of divine life, spark of God. It's the... Um, my opinion, the initial connection with spirit. In the, in the Peruvian shamanism, uh, one of the things they say is at the moment that the, the soul enters or that the baby's head crowns, you get the inspiration from your, your starlight. Like you have one star of inspiration out there in the cosmos. And at the moment that you come into this world, that's like the, the spark that animates you to be who you are. And that would be ATP. And I think we get it naturally um, from different chakras way above our heads, because my understanding from antiquity is that they would go way above your head and chakras. And, you know, maybe the 15th goes to Cyrus or Sirius, and, you know, maybe the 14th goes to Pleiades. So in the energy coming in from the different um, higher chakras would be that connectivity, and it would come in naturally at birth. Hmm. But what we're, doing, um, what we're doing in the music here is just giving you... Um, just a white light. And when you're healthy, when you're enlightened, yeah. um, when you're balanced emotionally, your white light, you can look at your frequencies. And if this is a graph chart, if you're healthy and you're enlightened, you go right across, you have like ha uh, just a certain number of them. Most of us are our voice <laughs> charts look like this, you know, we're all over the board said differently. We all have a personality. You know, we're good at this, not so well at that. And that causes differentiations in our physical body, um, our spiritualism, all, all kinds of things. And if you get too far out of balance, you can get very sick. And with sound, you can just equalize it. Go. And uh, so I think it's fascinating. Well, uh, just real quick, is is am I confusing ATP as like the cellular energy that, uh, that like our body, like our cells use that are produced by the mitochondria? Is that a different thing? That's the same thing. Yeah. That's the same thing you're talking. Okay. I just wanted to clarify that real quick. Yes. And then also, um, I think it's, you know, uh, Hank and, and you both work a lot with um, sound frequencies and are able to tune in spiritually to uh, to sound in a really specific way. Uh, but I'm just kind of having this little connection that um, I, I see uh, energy um, uh, pretty clearly and, and I see all these different layers. And at one point I was talking to someone else who right when, when I was first starting to really get deeper into, okay, what is it that I'm seeing when I look at a person's energy field and see all these complex geometric shapes? And they were telling me that uh, if I really look and when I get to a certain layer of everything coming through and this like really complex patterns that he has done this and that I, I could, if I wanted to figure out how to mathematically break down each one of those little geometric shapes. Absolutely. And, um, and, and I'm, I'm beginning this connection that all, all these sound frequencies that you're talking about, uh, that I'm kind of seeing the same thing just visually instead of mm -hmm. hearing it. If, if you take white light and you take it down musical octaves, same note, CC, you, um, this is an oversimplification, but in essence, you divide it by two. So you take it down octaves, you take light down into the musical range, and you can play 
light, if you will, on a piano keyboard. Or when you dress during the day with the different colors, that's simply different musical notes. And so you, you take in energy through your eyes, what you see, that the Hindu um, culture would give you a yantra to look at. And these great masters would say, oh, you can spend a thousand lives messing around on earth, get a lot of pain, or one life, one life, and just spend a lot of time looking at a yantra. I mean, we don't even like conceive the idea that you take in frequencies through your eyes and your ears, but you do, and through your skin. We're vibratory beings and it all affects us. So, and, and another thing is, is, remember I told you about the harmonic being like a sonic scaffolding. Mm. I want you to think that if you had a round drum, literally a circle drum, maybe like, a, what do you call those things, um, Morocco's with, with beans inside, it's going to have a different pitch depending on the shape of the circle. It could be high or low, or, but the, the energy inside a shape kind of goes back, wiggles up and forth, has different interference patterns and creates a, like, a sound pattern. So the sound pattern of a circle is different than that of a square which is different than um, a four by six rectangle. So every shape, even a 2D shape, has frequency and it's characteristic. It's just very subtle. So what um, I'm talking about in sound is exactly what you're seeing. Just another octave. That's so amazing. And uh, this is when I try to research um, Whatever it be, if I'm researching like crystals and or, or sound or whatever, I'm trying to get like a more in-depth ex explanation on the type of explanation that you're giving right now is what I wish that I could find for everything I'm researching. This has been so amazing already. So I'm so excited that you're on here with well, us. And if you want crystal, she has a whole CD just on crystal frequencies. Oh wow! Right? <laughs> like she's really found like like black flower remedies, Fibonacci, uh, solfeggio tones stardust of she has a cd that has music specific to all the different things that we're but not everything we're talking about but a lot of it oh that's so, so amazing definitely, definitely check it out you'll be checking out her website afterwards i'm sure oh i, I definitely will <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you mentioned um using uh sound uh, to help assist with uh the development of psychic abilities i think mm -hmm. you had mentioned mm -hmm. um <laughs> Hank knows I'm interested in this. I literally just started a psychic development group for my area. And um, so I'm, I'm curious as to uh, what kind of work you've personally done with that and what the experiences are with uh, the people that you've shared that with. I want, I want you to think of psychic development is, is um, you are like a skyscraper and you got to fill up with light. Now you can get light from the side windows. You can get light from skyscrapers or the top. You can get light from base lights. There's many ways to skin the cat. So um, psychic development, probably the fastest. I have this thing on my site called a sound and light machine, and it does binaural beats mm. in very low octaves. Um, what happens is that we've evolved for millions of years to hear and surround sound. Uh, headphones are really the new kid on the block when you think of how old the human species is. Right. And so when you get into a low pitch range and you hear little different tones, like, because your head gets in the way. So you have like a natural headphone here. So this one comes in boom, boom. So your brain goes, ooh, ooh, it's not, not surround sound. 
and really cool, the left hemisphere and the right hemisphere open up and then they will subtract the two frequencies. So you'll hear the difference between them. Now you could hear that with the sound generator anyway, so that's not terribly remarkable, but your brain wave now became whole brained as opposed to a right brain or left brain person. You've taken your IQ up and um, your brain wave will match that in two or three minutes. So with that type of process and, and what I do in the sound light machines on my site, it does the same thing with your eyes and it takes you right down to like the deepest meditation a monk can do <laughs> in a couple of minutes. <laughs> and you can go down. And um, to me, it's a matter of practice. Psychic development is being conscious while you have certain theta brain waves going on and you just practice on the machine. And when you're in theta, your body rebuilds all the stuff we go to the health food store and buy, our body makes naturally. When we're in like REM sleep, you can produce it like that. Hank was talking about addictions. Well, Stanford and all the top university will tell you exactly what brainwave you need to quit smoking or to get rid of that bad habit. Wow. Well, on this little thing, you just dial a brainwave. I did it for this light machine for about a year. I, I, I don't always play with my toys. So I put it by my bed. I woke up a little earlier. I went down to deep sleep. And then there's a button on it to energize because you can charge the neocortex, which gives you all kinds of energy. And so I did that every day. And I'd say by the end of the year, I had all the psychic skills. So that's one way. Actually, my <laughs> CDs do it too. Um, it depends. Do you want to have this little thing on or do you want to listen to music? Because if you start to fill up full of white light and I have an angel and master CD, I have this little track with um, music and colors of the rays. And then I channel all of the beans of that ray, you know, maybe eight to 10 of each ray. And um, it, 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 <laughs> it just takes you off in each listen and wants you to think of like you're, like you're an empty container and each listen, you get a drop of, um, Michael's Saint, uh, Michael, Archangel Michael's energy, or uh, you get a job of Jesus's energy, and you just start to fill up. And if you are operating on white light a lot, which painters on stardust do, one does it through star tones, one does it through Fibonacci and Solfeggio, um, all those abilities just start to open up. That's so amazing. Now, I, and I'll be totally honest on the uh... Uh, I was introduced to binaural beats early on in my spiritual path and was worked with them a little bit. And I thought it was interesting, uh, but then did my own work to, and, and, but I thought the only real application was just, um, okay, now I'm into like theta and then I can work from there. I didn't know there was so much more specific um, uh, uh, energy that was coming through in those, in those frequencies. So Actually, um, she's talking about that. You can dial in and do a very, because it is a range. And I have, right, I have exactly. order order like a custom set of tuning ports, like 20 different ones that were all just slight variations of theta. And he was playing around with what frequency of theta does what. And with the machine, you, you could avoid getting all the tuning ports. You just type in, I want to work with this. And That's then another one's on top of that, like lambda frequency is on top of theta or epsilon. And you can get into a lot of different brain binaural beats and do even more fun crazy stuff. So I just wanted to share that you've already 
in the short time we've been talking completely shifted my perception because YouTube, you go on, you know, you type in like binaural beats for, and there's like binaural beats for this, 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 and that. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. But I mean, sure. It'll entrain your brain to a certain frequency, but can it really help with the thing they're claiming? And just all of the, you, you are so knowledgeable and you have such a way of explaining all of this. I'm already like, okay, now I really need to learn about all this sound stuff. Um, I have a lot of <laughs> ancient sounds book. I have two chapters on binaural beats. Um, because you, you can go down and say, um, I want atacoline or I, I want this or that in my body and pick, pick a frequency. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty, it's pretty precise. And a lot of that science is coming from the major universities and uh, most prestigious research centers in the United States. That's why I've always loved sound healing because when I would go to trade shows and stuff and you have the husband that's sitting there like this, he doesn't want to be there. Like I could start talking about science and I just opened him up because he was closed off all to the woo-woo stuff. But talking about <laughs> binaural beats, you know, entrainment or, you know, all that kind of thing. It's like, oh, I can wrap my head around that. <laughs> and the oh, wife like... thanks you. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And someone was asking if we're making a podcast from this, Dave. Yes, we are. So you can go back and watch it on the archive. He's he's not working. He wants to listen, but you know he can't give us all of his attention. And you do have uh, Deborah saying hello, Joe, from uh, your Facebook page. So thank, thank you for joining you. us, everybody. And Connie's loving it as well. So great. <laughs> oh, we didn't get to coronavirus. Not yet. <laughs> but <there's laughs> some, some time. Okay, should I go? Yeah, absolutely. So this is what Sherry does best, is she will listen to the voices of people who have the coronavirus. And she likes to get a large baseline. So um, because, um, you know, different strains of viruses have variation and different strains, different combos. And, um, and she will simply observe. That's it. Just look at the body and how it responds. So she looked at um, what normally happens to get rid of a virus is that, think of it this way, again, an oversimplification, not quite accurate, but enough to get the idea. Think of 10 times one over 10, they cancel each other out. So that's what your Rife machines are like, those science machines and you get all the frequencies for different diseases. There, if like a cancer's 800 cycles per second, you're going to listen to one over 800. Um, a little bit thing with the royal with the rife machines is that the the diseases are alive and they morph, so it's probably a good to band them, ooh, go up a little bit, you know, for its growth. But anyway, the basic idea there is that you cancel out, um, and and complementary colors is a good way to do that because they're kind of like a seesaw. If you have too much red, you don't have enough green. And, and of course, that's going to um, equate to pitches. So um, you can temper down um, what you don't want. And you can do that to a disease. And Sherry even has a certain frequency because she says in the body, your viruses will hide underneath a protein so that the immune system doesn't know it's there. So she uses a square wave, I believe. And that like um, peels off the protein off the virus and allows the body to do its stuff then. But anyway, with the protein, protein I was working with her and I even started the music. Um, we started doing like a Hindu chant, chant with, um, they call it chalam, it's like a map. So it's not like music in the Western world, but you get a bunch of rules and then you just go create in this bed of rules. But what happened was that with the 
coronavirus, there's many strands, which is typical, but sometimes when you play the antidote or you're canceling out one strand, it triggers the next. Isn't that nasty? Hmm. So um, what Sherry decided to do instead was um, simply observe how it attacks the immune system. So think that you're a castle and you have this big wall around you yourself for protection and, and, and the enemy is the virus. Well, viruses pretty much come and do the same thing over and over. You know, they're gonna attack this block, this gate, and they'll do exactly that every time. So like when you get the virus, you get, you know, you get phlegm, you get cold because they're always attacking the same thing. That's why the symptoms are similar if you and I both get it. So doing that, she observed, what does the coronavirus do when it's trying to get in the body? And she came up with um, glutathione, cursinin, um, AC, I'm gonna get this wrong, AC8, I'm gonna forget that one, but um, she came up with nine different um, nutrients and items that you're, immune system uses for defense. And so what she's saying is when she observes your body acting with the coronavirus, that she knows which blocks in that walled gate the coronavirus is going to take, and we're strengthening them, which means that this is very good to protect you from the coronavirus because we know exactly how it's going to attack. And also after the coronavirus, this is something that you would use for many different things. I mean, it's going to um, going to protect your immune system. Um, and you want to use it with care. Um, and when you think it's appropriate, it's, it's more like medicine. This is not like my normal stuff that one size fits all. This is something to use when you want to um, beef up your immune system. And we decided with all the people out of work, and um, that we had to offer it for free, that everybody should have access to it. Another thing going into the body is that we're all different. You know, you have a personality, I have a personality, I ain't the same. So on top of building your immune system, if I put it on one of my pieces of music, let's say in the key of G or blue, we'll say, and let's say you're an orange person, um, I don't know, maybe this doesn't, you don't need that. You already have too much blue. So I, I put like a 70 minutes of music and I have all the, the different colors or key signatures, or I'm, I got a nice broad range of the musical spectrum. And in with that, each song comes in with the, um, with the, uh, the nine items to build your immune system. Furthermore, um, I really would have liked harmonics. And harmonics don't, they're, ju they're just, uh, the harmonics you hear on digital, i.e. MP3, phone, um, CD, CD's a little better than a MP3, but nonetheless, they're all averaging your harmonics. Your body is built on harmonics and it doesn't average. So, you know, any type of digital sound is like a, uh, an oral GMO. You know, your, your body will not compromise. So, um, and then it, you have to have them in, in low beats. And sometimes if someone has an inexpensive phone, the way, the reason why it's inexpensive is that it actually cuts off some of the frequencies on the high and low ends mm -hmm. because it's cheaper. 
you know, so, so, you know, here's what you hear. Oops, this way. Okay, here's what you hear. And then a cheaper speaker is going to give you this. And the healing I want was on the ends. I was going to ask about that. Um, like with the, even just the microphones, are they capable of picking up these broad ranges of frequencies? That, well, my uh, microphones are, and I was able to produce the tones within a hundredth accuracy. And what I did was I created binaural beats so that if you use it with headphones, um, your body makes the frequency between okay. the right and left hemisphere. And since it's that's organic, my thought process was there's your harmonic wave, which mm. makes it more powerful. And also for those people who have who, who just can't afford that really expensive um, subwoofer, um, it's 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 going to allow those deep tones be created right in your brain. Now it still works if you don't have a headphone, but it's stronger with a headphone. And it's at coronavirusdefense.org and at Jill's Wings of Life. It's all ready for it. Right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so and and I'll, I'll put it in the comments as well. I was just getting the website up as you were starting to talk about it so I could post that. Yeah. And it's, and, um, you know, we, we would suggest that you send it all over. It has application for helping people right now. And, and when next winter, when you get a different flu, so why would you not have this um, in your arsenal? Free, use it on and on. You're never going to run out of sound. Oh, wow. That is so amazing. And I want to thank you on behalf of uh, everyone for the work that you've done. Um, uh, it's really amazing that you've decided to be a service to everyone uh, and that you feel and that you have just this wealth of knowledge and skill between you and I'm sorry, what is your Partners? Sherry Edwards. Sherry um, Edwards. Yeah. And yeah, so you can read about her on um, Secret Sounds Ultimate Healing. It's on my website and coronavirus defense. Yeah. So amazing that you two have come together. And then, um, yeah, just I think that shows that uh, um, you two are definitely called to the way of the healer that, uh, you know, as soon as this coronavirus thing started to come out, that both of you are like, all right, it's time to tackle this. And how can we help everyone? So that's amazing. I'm so grateful for Thank that. You. Thank <laughs> you. Yeah, well, it's nice because, you know, she does the precise frequencies and then I can put the white light in the aura and calm the person down. And that's extraordinarily important in healing. So it's a nice, it's an honor to work with Sherry and it's nice to be able to contribute to. I have to pick your brain afterwards and find out what microphones you're using because I've started to stream my sound concerts. And so it'll be kind of good to find whatever, what's best to catch all the different tones and things. That'd be cool. And would you recommend if people are listening to your music, is there a different effect if you have like surround sound speakers and sit in the middle versus if you're just having speakers on one side of the room? Yes. Um, and I don't know that that whole science is developed yet, but it will. It was in use in very ancient times when you um, get into how they lifted rocks with um, sound and to belt. And you you must have read my mind. I was going to ask you about that. And this, one of the most important, and I do all this out of body stuff, so I observe stuff that's really wild, opens up my mind. But the angle at which the sound comes at you is important. And um, therein comes in sacred geometry. Like when I leave my body sometimes and I watch healers, they're creating sacred body, sacred geometry, excuse me, in the locations of where they stand. And then they will put the person to be healed, let's say in the center of the circle. 
and it's very important the angles that the sound comes in. Like here's a, um, a description by a Dr. Jarl, perhaps the 1950s. He was a doctor, goes to Tibet to heal someone and gets to be buddy buddies with the really high monks. And as a treat, they show him how they lift rocks. He initially filmed it and it was taken off. I was lucky enough to see that film. Oh, wow. And um, what they do is think of this huge boulder. And it looks like there's um, a hole underneath. So you got a great big boulder, but yet a little hole underneath. And then the musicians will fan out like in a half circle and their location is very important. Their rhythm, their pitch and their location. And think of them as coming in from the sides and they're all pointing at that hole underneath the rock. Now, an aside here, um, an opera lady sings a high pitch and the crystal glass shatters. Not any old pitch, has to be the pitch of the crystal glass and through resonance of the same frequency that sound comes in and it's delivered to the crystal glass when she sings and high frequencies are close together and have a lot of power so if you get in too if it gets too full of its own frequency it gets out of balance and literally will shadow shatter and that's again what they do with cancer on the rife machines they're bringing in these frequencies to let's say a cancer and they'll load it up until it explodes so with that kind of idea in mind all these people are going to um come up with the resonant frequency of the rock so how can you do this the, whatever frequency that is the frequency of the rock when you sing by it when it's resonant, it's going to share between you and the rock back and forth. So if I were to go like, oh, or some type of glide, glissando, there's going to be one frequency if I do it slow enough, that's going to go without me raising my voice, it's going to get louder. And it's going to get louder because it's it's sucking into the rock and the rock sending me back. And we got this little resonance sharing going on and the volume goes up. So in that manner, like they could put their hand over the rock, do the glissando and come up with the pitch of the rock. Because if, if you're skilled at this, you're going to be able to tell and feel. Maybe you could see. Um, some people can hear. And it's not a, a clear audience. It's simply paying attention to details of volume. And so then they're going to get the pitch of the rock. And then they're all going to, um, you know, the angle again, it's very important. They're going to have um, some type of sacred geometry created in their location. And a lot of them, a lot of sound. And they'll like, like put it underneath the rock. So it's like a fountain and up goes the rock. That is so incredible. I had uh, I had come across this. I think it was on Gaia. Uh, the um, it, they call it like the Netflix of spirituality. Um, I think it was a little advertisement I saw before I had subscribed uh, for a couple months, and um, they were talking about that and how they had this. The footage was available to the public, but it was like um, like really quickly taken down. And um, wow, this is that absolutely incredible. And they're doing. Uh, uh, a, a sort of, I guess, maybe a, a not a, as in, incredible um, visually, but they're doing that in the medical field. Of, from what I understand, they yeah. use acoustic levitation to like levitate water droplets in the air. 
Yes. Well, they do it to levitate the drugs and mix them without any contaminants. But uh, oh, yeah. people, we do it for water to see what the effect will be. And uh, essentially, you're creating sacred geometry in the water molecules of your body um, from all the little nodes, the still points from crossing waves of sound. And then the water molecule that's in the center of that still point will go based on the harmonics and do all kinds of different sacred geometry shapes. Now, I have something I want to, when I was, and maybe I'm doing, I was doing this intuitively, but when I was a kid, uh, I remember in school, I would, in the bathrooms, I would sit there and I'd be able to, oh, like make this certain tone and I would feel the entire room reverberating and like vibrating. Uh, in response to that one ton, it would freak all the other kids out. Um, exactly right. I, I have that in my Lost Ways of Time book because they, the ancient people were well aware of that. That's the resonant frequency of the room. That's when the waves go off the wall, come back, and the two humps get together. So you got these two waves coming in like this, and if they're phased right, they both become bigger. They add okay. instead of subtract. And in my Lost Ways of Time book, I'll map different shapes um, and show you, okay, this room shapes a C, D, E, F, or for you who are visual in your psychic abilities, red, blue, green, you know, you can actually mathematically map it. So like in the temple of uh, Dendor at Hathors in Egypt, when you start through one end of the temple, you go in through root chakra, sacral chakra, solar just walking through it tuned you because they made they did what you did in that bathroom only they took it way further wow <laughs> and i still i there are certain uh i i can still do this like and when the, whenever the microwave goes off that hum that it gives off i do the same i can i can match that frequency and there's the blah, 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 where it starts to yeah. shake like that yeah. too almost like a binaural beat type thing i don't know exactly. if you want to match the frequency it depends on the microwave. phase <laughs> <laughs> But, but I, I was always, I always just, to me, I was playing around and I knew there was something resonating, but didn't know really what was going on. So, wow, that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Sound can kill. Sounds very powerful. Yeah. Sound can heal. Um, it's, we don't think of sound as an energy source, but you think that um, the whole periodic chart of elements sound. That's everything has its own characteristic sound. It's very powerful. But you have to know what you're doing. Right. Wow. Trying to find it. Jill and I taught a workshop once together about sacred space and temple building. And we had this picture. I'm trying to find it where we, we used copper tape and put on the floor. Oh, and yeah. we even had measurements uh, to the megalithic yard and made a very specific shape. And we were doing experiments with the people in the class where we would have take turns sitting in the middle. And then people would have all kinds of different tuning forks, either Fibonacci or Solfeggio or chakras or uh, planet frequencies. And we would actually shift position and you could tell the difference in the frequency, how it was impacting you. If someone was in an opposition or a square or conjunction, just like if you look at your astrology um, uh, references for the different planets and how they interact, the same thing was being true for the sound. And it was just a, a hoot. I'm trying to find the one little picture of what we did on the floor. Uh, and that, even how you rotate, like I found when we rotated people in and out, mm -hmm. that if you did it random, it wasn't as impactual as if you kind of just um, the people that go in the center take turns that you if you kind of rotated like um, it, things that you wouldn't ever conceive impact sound can be very powerful. And now where uh, do you do you teach 
regular classes or, or where can we go? Because I'm really interested to learn more about all of this. So where do I go to, to learn uh, about everything that you're uh, I have a discovering? sound healing school at Jill's Wings of Light. And I'll do ancient sound healing, um, changing your life with your voice, because this would be your most powerful tool. Yes. <laughs> um, the Egyptian sound healing, the Atlantean sound healing, um, star tones, you might like that, connecting with star, star beams and the ancient techniques and sound and sound portals. Here's another thing they did, again, kind of through meditation and temple stuff. Um, the ancients would believe in string, string theory. They certainly don't have that name. And they were given this knowledge, I, I believe. So they didn't understand it in terms of what we would call science today, but they right. knew it worked. Mm. So given their string theories, many of the stories, legends, um, are that, um, think of us, okay, in the beginning was God. So he's one, he's all one. So we're part of that because we're children of God. We're a spark of whatever energy. And as we evolved or involved, I should say, as we got further and further away from God and you became you and I became me instead of all that is, um, it's like we go from um, being tuned into every radio station to only one, us, really. We perceive ourselves as separate. And how did that happen? And what I was shown in one of my little out-of-bodies was that the string theory is correct, and they would make like knots or shapes or sacred geometry. They would uh, stop strings, and then they would... Um, the strings pattern would be consistent and the way that they would stop them would be a geometric figure. And then what they would do is that they would take that figure and carve it in stone so that it would last many thousands of years and all over, let's say a certain site, they're going to have a certain shape or figure, or they'll have certain shape or figures for certain stars, as I was saying, that might correspond to chakras above your head. And then, um, they would look at the shape and then I was shown how to put them into sound. So there's sound portals. And so like on my, uh, I, I do the stars and I do, um, let me think, um, I do energy classes. Um, I don't know, I must have 15. You have a lot. I was just looking at it yesterday. I was like, wow, you've been busy. You have all these like classes just ready to go. And I'm so, starting. So these are available online. Yes, yeah, they're, they're, they're yes. workshops on demand. Yeah. Where uh where can we get a link for people yep, and for I'm myself? Getting, I'm getting it right now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> wow. I, I, uh, this has been one of the most fascinating conversations I've ever had. I'm just I felt like I had to share that. I'm here too because like I I've known Joe for so long. Like I wouldn't have thought to ask like uh, like uh, it's just really good that you're on here to ask the questions that you're interested in because I'm sure there's more people interested in what you're interested in than me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and um, uh, now you said you teach a class just on uh, using the voice. Is that right? Yes, it was a very powerful tool. Think that Sherry can look in your voice and she can see the status of everything in your physical body and your emotions. So if you have a big argument yesterday, your tonal pattern is different than if you didn't. Mm. And it's all there. So if your little nuances in your voice show you um, everything in your body, um, the ancient masters worked it the other way. 
So let me see. Think that I'm grounding you. This is working on your root chakra. Uh, I felt that in my root chakra when you said that. <laughs> and so, and just like you could feel what tone that rock is, if you turn your body, your consciousness off, your body will know what frequency it is needed for the other person. So um, I'll just tune into you. And you'll watch my pitch and my voice change a little. <laughs> that just uh, said, that said, uh, uh, I, I felt so like 10 times more calm. I was calm already, but that just brought me down to like, ooh, it was just a couple of words. Wow. <laughs> okay, now I really need to learn about all of this. So you can heal on the fly, everyone you see. <laughs> oh, wow. I, I know what I'm doing today. <laughs> that's why um, like toning and chanting is so powerful because no matter you know i'm the sonic shaman i have all my crystal bowls but if i'm somewhere and i don't have all my toys um, like your voice is such a something you, you always have so two things i want to ask about now is with in terms of the voice because uh, again this is something we all whether we have went out and spent all the money and tools or not we all have a voice so um one thing uh is I, I, well what do i want to ask about first Okay, so um, are you familiar? I'm sure you're familiar with that, like throat singing, uh, like Tuvan Tibetan throat singing and all of that. Um, that's something I discovered through a friend who does uh, sound healing, and I sort of taught myself how to do that. Um, I guess what is your uh, what is your view on how throat singing in particular can be used for healing? Anything that's an ancient technique that's um, handed down like that has a very powerful um, application. So right off the bat, um, it's a treasure. And it creates some, some really fabulous harmonics. And when I, when I hear that, I don't know, I just, it's like I see, I just see like, uh, I don't know how to put it, like elevators of light going up. Mm. I'd, I wouldn't say that I understand it, but I revere it, and I revere the sounds. Yeah, that and makes I a lot see, of sense. I just see, I don't know, I just see like like columns of light going up. And I always think it sounds kind of like a human didgeridoo, and in uh, shamanism, uh, the Peruvian tradition, they, they have different instruments for each of the elements. And the one for Quichi, the rainbow, the bridge of consciousness from the lower world to the upper world, is the dish and i i feel that maybe that is like that toning can, is beautiful maybe, uh, helping with the vibration of reaching up into the upper worlds oh very cool and then the other thing i wanted to ask about was this um i've you I, I don't know if this is the i was told this is a term for it but i'm sure there's many names uh but the uh, language of light um i just and i don't maybe i don't want to clarify before i uh before you start to uh, talk on it. Uh, but what I'm talking about is uh, from for a long time since I started to connect with um, some of my uh, certain guides, um, this singing would come through in a language that uh, I can't really translate into English, uh, but these uh, beautiful songs would come through and, and it, and it sounds, sometimes it sounds like a very um, like well-structured specific language. And um, I've been told by my guides and uh, then that's been confirmed by some other people that I've talked to that language of light is a, a, 
uh, almost like a sound healing tool that uh, like can do really amazing things to almost reprogram the like DNA and like, uh, and just to give like these incredible downloads to people. So maybe you can talk a little bit um, yeah. language of light. Um, think that um, none of us are native to earth. Ultimately, we come from planets. And when you hear people talk about the planets, there's really just a handful, you know, um, Pleiades, Cyrus, Arcturus, da 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 da. And um, remember, I talked before about these sound codes from the Egyptian temples and how they can open up chakras above your um, life stream. So um, the language or the, how to put this? First of all, your junk DNA is organized according, has syntax in it. And that's coming from a Russian um, scientist. I, I, I'm really bad at this, Gajarv, Peter Gajarv or something like that. And they were able to, to um, take 528 hertz and, for example, beam it at DNA and heal it. And then they, they went in and studied how that works. And they were showing that... Um, um, when they when they went in to look at the 528, they discovered the syntax structure in DNA, the junk DNA, and that they're saying that since your DNA is structured like language, because language has syntax as well, they're saying our language comes from our DNA as opposed mm -hmm. to our DNA influences our language. I really don't know. I would suspect it goes both ways. But also I want you to think that different languages, think of a French person, a little faster space, a softer kind of almost sexy kind of a sound with French. And then think of the French stereotype. Think of the Chinese and think of their characteristics. So the language has a big factor on tuning the people. My understanding is that um, we, before we involved so much into matter, before we got so individual, we were more group tribe. The tribe was a whole as opposed to the individual as we are kind of um, sinking into matter. And at those times, the people would be from different planets. So you have this group that um, has connections to Orion or the the people in, um, in Australia looking for the... Um, Cyrus or Sirius connection. And um, so when they channel, they're going to, if they were to do that, they would channel like the, Sir the Cyrus or Sirius language or syntax. And that is kind of like a, um, a direct download, think of phone home, um, a direct connect to your heritage from that particular star system. So the, the early languages like ancient Hebrew, um, ancient Egyptian, ancient Chinese, um, and there's more of them, Tibetan. But at any rate, these ancient languages had connections to um, star stars and star beings in our earlier higher heritage. And um, so we can incarnate and, you know, we can kind of get tuned and learn the positives and Ben is master, if you will, um, energies from different star systems simply by the languages wow. because we're exposed to their patterns. And so we think of earth is like a mixing pot of physicality, but that's, that's the skin. Earth is the mixing pot of souls. And earth this is, this is just, oh, this is, uh, 
these are things that I've discovered in through journeying my own direct experience. Um, early on, and when I started to journey, I realized, wow, none of these people here are from Earth. And, <laughs> and I'm just, and uh, so to hear you with such a scientific background, as well as the direct experience coming through and explaining it in this way, it's just validated so many things for me. Yeah, as we evolved into matter, this is a big piece. As we evolved into matter, I want you to think of the early sounds as the energy of what it is. So like if you go om, 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 om underneath the drum with sand, it's going to form the shape that we use for om. So the symbol <laughs> and the sound are the same thing because that symbol creates sound as we discussed earlier. And think that, think that you're... Um, you're some you're some demigod or something, and, and you mainly see out of your third eye and your clairaudient, and you're not too good with your sight. You you really, if you're going to communicate with someone, you certainly wouldn't use words. You'd use telepathy. Telepathy gives you this much communication, words that. Mm. And so why did people develop sound as we were evolving in? We develop sound because it's a jackhammer. Think of those monks lifting the rocks. And so the early, early uses of sounds, they were energy tools. So like, brr, it warms you, literally. <laughs> wow. So the sounds are energy tools. So the early languages of light, the early patterns and tuning, we weren't quite incarnate. We weren't quite as separate from God as we are now. And um, so there, there, these early languages come in and... Um, they, they tune you up on all these levels and they have definite impacts. And um, I'm losing my train of thought here. Um, so um, let me get back to my thought. Okay. So they are the representation of the energy in Egyptian language. It's not phonetic. Well, it can be in one way, but for the most part, it's not phonetic. It's more like groups of energy. It's tools. So um, Ben is the word for walk forward. Neb, Ben spelled backwards, is the word for walk backwards. Oh, wow. So there's no differentiation be between the energy and, and the sound or the word and also the letter. You know, so like in the Egyptian thing, they're, they're going to put phi and sulfage, all those different dimensions because they also translate to 2d are going to be in in their letters and they have like a template when they carve their letters because that's the same energy piece as the word as the energy as the thing and these early languages come in with with your mouth being a powerful tool but as we involve we get further from god which means we can be more destructive we can have greater depths in negativity. Think of um, sticks and stones hurt your bone or sticks and stones, you know, um, hurt your bones, but words never hurt you. Well, that's a big fat lie. <laughs> <laughs> big whopper. <laughs> words hurt and they hurt a lot. And furthermore, they like, you know, negative words like hate is going to, tie into other people's hate because it's resonance, just like you singing in that bathroom. And so words, although we're not conscious of it, we think they're symbolic. The languages of light are not symbolic. 
they're a bag of energy. And when you start uh, speaking in those languages, you're going to speak perhaps maybe your favorite origins or the one you're working on at the moment. And um, that's like unadulterated power energy. The sound is the download. Mm. And we involved, we lost these languages because we were getting too dangerously deep into matter to be able to wield such power. So instead, we developed symbolic language to water down the power of our voice. Oh, wow. And now, I, it was the first time, this was not that long ago, but I was I did a, a shamanic journeying session with someone, and afterwards, their energy uh, just didn't quite feel as balanced as I wanted it to be. So, um, and I was learning, starting to learn a little bit more about the language of light that I'd been intuitively using, but never really purposefully used for healing. And um, I just kind of guided him to be in the present space to allow the sound to kind of flow in and through him. And um, I just did this singing in the language of light that was coming through. And um, uh, I asked him how he felt. And I've done energy healing for this exact person many, many times. And he said the energy was so intense building up in his head and like throughout his body that like he started to get really almost like dizzy and like 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 <laughs> felt like he flipped upside down. And and now to me before there were times when I was channeling energy without using any kind of sound or anything just through my with using my body as the vessel. And there were energies that felt uh, if you could if you could put it into like a, a scale of sensation. You know, um, that felt like ten times more powerful than than just the singing because the singing comes through so effortlessly. But to him, the experience of what he was feeling was like just one of the most powerful things. Um, so that was that's really fascinating. And then, um, oh, there was something else I wanted to touch on there. It'll come back. <laughs> right. And I know that um, coming up on the eleven o'clock hour, Joel had to be out of the house by a certain time. So I'm going to throw out there now: ask questions and comments. And I'm just going to hit really quick. Um, Deborah had a question and also a comment that she said that the 1980s NASA examined the dust of a star and found DNA in it. It was discussed very little, but the information was published in, I believe, Time magazine. The only reason she knew about it because she was on a picnic with one of the scientists. And she also asked a question for your for your classes on your website. What kind of sound system is needed to listen to your classes? Do you need anything in particular to get the most out of it? Um. No, but um, I will offer WAV files and MP3s on some of the classes. Um, the WAV file is thicker, but whenever I need a, um, a thicker tone, I always try to accommodate as many people as possible, just like I did in the coronavirus. So, no, nothing is required um, just to listen, just listen. And with many of my classes, they come with... Um, they come with um, um, portals and sound portals and you can download them and put them on your devices. So here's a way to think of sound. Um, when you listen to an MP3, think of it has this much energy. So you listen two times, you get that much energy. All right, if you listen to a wave file, maybe you get this much energy one time. If you listen to it live, you get whoa, way much more. So when it comes to dosage, um, you know, you can run some of the sounds in the background and not really pay attention to them and just leave them on. And you can get a very high dosage if you don't have the ability to have the, the, the richer file. And let me suggest the most healing tones are coming in from nature. 
from literally from the stars. You can buy them off the satellites or you can tape what's you're getting from the ground and the plants and the trees. Tiny little sounds. And they come in on, actually on your skin and they go in an analog fashion. And so what I've done with much of my healing tones, they're not blaring in your face, but they're, they're a little like that little fluffy ripple that you're used to getting your most healing tones from the stars and from the ground and the earth and the nature in very soft little sound palettes. And that's what I've got in my music. And so when you just play it in the background, you'll just start to maybe feel good if you do Krillian photography, your aura lights up, but you don't really, um, I mean, you, you can listen while you're doing other things. Yeah, I don't know if I had mentioned to you, I was at a show once and they had one of those uh, medical aura devices where you have your hand and you can see the live aura and how it's changing. And I did a Solfeggio sound balancing while a person was hooked up to it. And as we were working with each um, orc for the different chakras, you could see the aura would light up that color. And it's like, wow, it was just a great testament <laughs> to like the healing and balancing power of sound. And Cynthia was also uh, just saying that she loves you, Jill Manson. It's always amazing to receive your words. So uh, you have a lot of uh, fans here. And a personal question, when you're looking at frequencies, is there a way to get a frequency of a particular mountain? For example, I was thinking about making a Paco tuning fork set for myself and have like the frequencies of Machu Picchu and other sacred Apus from South America. Is that something that's uh, possible scientifically? Um, absolutely. It's going to be composed of um, what's in the soil, um, you know, what kind of rocks. It's going to be composed of its location on the earth and the different star tones. Um, perhaps what you could do is look at uh, what I would do because I don't think we're advanced enough to create that. I think in antiquity they had that. But um, what I would do is look at that sacred geometry, like in Machu Picchu. Do they have, um, as you walk around, certain symbols? What are the most common ones? And you could work with me and that can be transposed to sound. So like the Indian cross, for example, that could be transposed to sound just like, oh, very cool. Yeah, like I'm coming out with a class that's almost done. I've got 72 names of God, which would, that you know, think of all that is. And the idea from the Hebrews would be that um, as he differentiated um, and we all would go with them, that, um, you know, he would divide at one point into 72 names of God. And that's one of the most powerful ways of developing your psychic skills, spirituality, health, everything is the names of God. And then they have different uh, uh, endings to um, create the sound pattern to lock into the angel as well. So I'm going to be releasing very soon, a couple weeks, um, the 72 names of God pitched. So I'm taking the sigil, which is the shape of the angel. Every angel is going to have a shape, which is a sound pattern and putting it in sound and pitching it so that, you know, you can start to go through um, and start to resonate with your earlier 
connection to God is 72 names of God, if that makes any sense. Yeah, it does, and it sounds like that might be the next time we have you on, we can talk about that. Well. Assuming you want to come back on, I hope you had fun. And Please yeah, do. Yeah. <laughs> but, but Jill's website is Jill's Wings of Light, and she has a ton of CDs and different classes. But the main reason we had Jill on today, and we didn't talk much about it, was all her uh, free musical frequencies that would help with the coronavirus and boosting uh, the immune system. So you can go to that website. Sorry. Sorry. This is squirrel. Yeah. Well, it's the dog telling us too, like, you're out of time. You should be going now, right? <laughs> it's coming up at the 11 o'clock hour. Any uh, final words of uh, wisdom or uh, anything you want to uh, say before we close down for uh, this podcast? Yeah. I want to tell you that your body is not you and your body is very conscious and your body's smarter than you are by far. <laughs> so uh, I know we all identify with our bodies and that's really shame because we dumb down this beautiful tool we have. Your body releases endorphins when it gets the frequencies or the colors at once. And I just want you to think about the fact that what you love is really good for you. I mean, how beautiful is that? And maybe our body does unconditionally love us, but we don't always unconditionally love our body. But um, when it comes to humming or sounds or music, just do what you love and pay attention to your feelings. And your body will, will give you exactly what you need. And kind of seconding that, I, I started recognizing my body as a separate thing than the being. It's like something that I have. And I'd start asking what it would like and taking the body's, um, what it what it likes into account, my whole world changed with my relationship yeah. or my creationship with my body. So really start to have a dialogue with it and see what new things you could create together. Hmm. And I, I would say uh, continue to uh, uh, have that open mind. I know um, like Hank had introduced me a little bit to sound healing, but there was still, I was never, um, um, never felt myself super called to it uh, until this conversation. And now I'm like, wow, I need to learn all about this stuff. Um, uh, this, uh, this has completely flipped my view on, on all of this and opened me up and to so many new things and validated a lot of things that I already knew. And, um, and so, yeah, I, I love how the universe continues to prove that um, I still have so much to learn and I love it. <laughs> Uh, Joe is probably one of the best resources to learn it. So check out her website. And I can't wait to, uh, we'll plan a workshop for fall and see what we're, we'll create. Okay. Cool. All right. And if you have, if you're just tuning in or you're watching this on the replay, please, if you're watching on Facebook, start a watch party, help get the word out. If you're on YouTube, please uh, share and subscribe to the channel. That helps us out. And we will catch you next time. Bye, everyone. Thank Bye. you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.